Hello, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. With your host, Kenneth Bacor. This is episode 41, recorded on September 27, 2022. EV Revolution Show is supported in part by Budget Safe Solar. If you are considering solar in most any part of North America, give my friends a call. They will take the time to listen to your specific situation and help you reach a decision about what's available to you and what makes the most sense. If you'd like to join the growing solar industry, they'd like to speak with you. Go to www.budgetsafesolar.com to contact them. All right, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast, as you heard. My name is Kenneth Bocor, your host for this edition, where I'm always trying to bring you new and relevant information on stuff that's going on around the globe on the EV market space. Very excited to have a unique guest with me today, um, a part of the marketplace really that I haven't been covering or talking a lot about is the used EV market space. I get a lot of emails. I do a lot of public outreach, talk to people about that. So I wanted to bring in an expert. And I'm very happy to have Mr. Kent Sixstrom. He's the Community Relations Manager for Kijiji Autos. Good morning, Kent. Good morning, Kenneth. How are you, sir? You know what? Not too bad, all things considered. How about it's, yourself? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. Got this nagging cough, as I mentioned, uh, hanging in there, but just chewing some hauls, and I'm 100%. Got you do what you got to do. For sure. So listen, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, I, I think this is a great time frame to talk about this topic of the used EV market. You know, we've seen a huge increase in consumer interest and sales for used EVs, you know, um, gas, uh, petrol spiking, you know, to, uh, uh, to record highs certainly helps to fuel that um, more uh, choice that we're seeing from the OEMs come out on a, you know announcements almost on a weekly basis for new and upcoming vehicles. I mean, we're seeing multiple Super Bowl ads, you know, over the last year or so for EVs. I mean, these are not fringe products anymore. These are mainstream products now that people are seriously looking at, um, and they're obviously looking at new. But uh, you know, there are long wait times. The prices are high. We don't have cost parity, so obviously. The used marketplace is hot, hot, hot. I know that I could sell my Model 3 for what I pretty well paid for it two years ago today almost. It's incredible. So maybe we could talk first a little bit about that, about uh, maybe tell me, tell the, the listeners, you know, uh, who, for they, if they don't know uh, who Kijiji is, and you guys offer a lot of online sales, uh, brokering sales between buyers, but I wasn't aware of the depth and breadth of the automotive side of that. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So for anybody who has not heard of the Kijiji platform generally, so we have existed since 2005. And for the first 13 years of our life cycle as a platform, we were focused exclusively on what we call the classic experience or the horizontal experience. It's kind of a one-stop shop where you could go to all things buy and sell and real estate and services. And we also had a cars and vehicles category just on the classic Kijiji experience. But a couple of years ago, going back to 2017, 2018, 
we realized that there was an incredibly high interest on the vehicle side of things. And we saw a wonderful opportunity to scale that category, to make it more accessible for people, but to provide an experience and a platform that provided more features, more functionalities, more options for people for the car uh, buying and selling experience. And so in 2018, the Kijiji Autos platform was launched, which kind of runs parallel to the Kijiji Classic. It's sort of an extension or an add-on, I suppose, but its own unique platform. And that has existed for about four years now. And we're very happy with how that product has turned out. And it's a very comprehensive platform. I had a quick look at it because, I mean, I haven't had to look for a used vehicle for some time. Um, but, you know, the amount of choice, the selections, the, the criteria, the searching, way that you can limit down your criteria, the very powerful tool. So you guys have spent a lot of time and effort in being able to um, provide consumers with something that they're going to get good results on. Yeah, I think one of our main objectives was to provide features that cater to the person who knows nothing about the buying experience or the selling experience for a vehicle. As you well know, Kenneth, it can be extremely intimidating when you start to look at the breadth of options that are out there, trying to do price comparisons, even if you're trying to trade in your vehicle and put that towards the payment on a new vehicle or another used vehicle, you might be hard pressed to imagine like, what is the cost of my vehicle and how can I actually get into this process? And so over the last four years, we've developed features like a price analysis where we use a service called Kelly Blue Book, which provides an estimated price for your used vehicle based on the available history. We have instant trade-in value estimates. We have online financing options. We have 3D or virtual tours. People can apply for financing and, and applications online. And so really it was about simplifying the experience, making it as kind of like a guided tour with guided search parameters that it was, oh, here's a platform, here's the site, best of luck. It was about customizing that experience and making it user-friendly. Well, I like that easy button approach, right, for car shopping, uh, because it can be very cumbersome, as you mentioned, a lot of those factors to, to look at. Um, so great, you know, I certainly encourage listeners to go check that out as, uh, as a viable option for car shopping. But you know, we're here to talk about the growth in the used EV market space. And, you know, a lot of some of the numbers are, are showing that sales are, are, are increasing 60% in 2021, you know, double digits again this year. I know in tracking the global plug-in numbers that we'll see a double digit uh, growth uh, on that for the first time. Uh, we'll, we'll, I, market share, we should see 10 to 11% market share globally. So that's a huge number by comparison. And um but however, you know, folks that are thinking of an EV, looking at seeing all the commercials and seeing, you know, talking to people like what I do and, and, and EVS members and all the other stuff that I do on the surround side. Um, okay, you sold me on one, but I've got to wait maybe two, three years to get a new EV. So, well, what about a good used EV? Sure, they're definitely good candidates. And maybe you could tell me, you know, first of all, um, you guys have uh, different categories. What are you seeing as has been some of the top selling units so far now that you've been, uh, when you've seen the take up for EVs? Yeah, I think it's really interesting when you're talking about the top sellers or where the most interest resides. I think it's a combination of 
what is selling or what is really trending popularly on Kijiji, but then also looking at what the Google search data is telling us. And really it's a combination of both because as far reaching as Kijiji is, as a site and platform, we touch one in two Canadians uh, who use the internet every month. Google, of course, remains a powerful tool as well. So when we're looking at the data, when we're trying to infer statistics and conclude on things, we want to kind of have a combination of these data sets. So I'll start with Kijiji. And on the Kijiji side, we see a number of top sellers. So we see the Volkswagen ID.4. We see the Chevrolet Bolt. We see the Hyundai Kona Electric. We see the Hyundai Ionic 5. Um, which have just grown in popularity in the last year. And then when you look on the Google side, because that's always very interesting, that in, in Canada and in North America more broadly, we see that Tesla Model 3 that's still kind of capturing the attention of people, uh, followed by the mm -hmm. Porsche Taycan. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there mm -hmm. you go, Taycan. Yeah. And then the third Which place. Which is, by the way, my dream car. If a bucket of money falls from the sky or a Brinks truck, you know, gets lost and ends up on my driveway, uh, the, the Mambo Green Porsche Taycan Port Turismo, you'll see it in my driveway. So, as a quick segue, <laughs> Kenneth, what is it about the Porsche model that just captivates you, especially? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And sorry to side, you know, hijack the meeting here for a sec, but. Um, I, I had a review of one a few months ago, and I, and I did the original um, non-sport Turismo version, uh, the more of the sedan hatchback. And it's not so much the speeds and tunes because EVs, as you know, uh, can't are, are you know instant torque all that stuff right away. So even a lowly leak can, can move you pretty good. These are these are hyperspeed type vehicles. They're crazy, but I think what captured it was the whole experience of the fit and finish, the quality, the driving experience is very. Uh, comfortable, which is different than what you know Porsche comes from, more of a track stiffness type of heritage. So this is a very comfortable vehicle. You can put stuff in it. You can do a quasi Costco run in it, and you know take the kids around. And then you feel like a rock star because everybody stops you and every all the heads turn as you drive by this vehicle. So, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, but just got this combination of pizzazz, but yet it handles and performs extremely well at all levels of being an EV and a vehicle. So that's kind of what captivated my heart there. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, actually a friend of mine recently purchased, not a, not a Porsche, but um, a Tesla Model 3. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned acceleration. I was blown away yeah. by how quickly it accelerates and how seamlessly you feel like you're not even, you're not hearing that roar of an engine. You're just going along. And it's seamless. Exactly. And I have a Model 3, so I, I can directly compare and, and relate yeah. to that. So, I, And I love my Model 3, but the Porsche is just another, it's just a different level. You know, it's a, a different layer there. Well, so no, no surprise on, on the searches and some of those vehicles you mentioned that are coming up. They're all hot, hot, hot products, you know, with a lot more. Like I'm excited about GM and stuff. Um, but, when, you know, when we look at the next year, again, we're still seeing supply change. I think you mentioned that earlier supply chain shortages with this ripple effect from COVID and everything that happened. Yeah. I don't think we're, we'll see us fully coming out of that maybe until the end of 2023, some degree. And what I mean by that is that OEMs will be able to have enough inventory to start showing up, you know, more inventory on dealer lots, everybody to have a demo, you know, maybe waiting two to five weeks for a vehicle versus 
months or years, that kind of stuff. So hopefully we'll see that. But we know that the interest in EVs is going to continue to climb. I predict close to 50% market share globally by just after 2030. I'm a couple of years, a little longer than 2030, but it could happen by then, mm. certainly with a lot of things going on to help drive that. So what do you see as um, uh, considerations? And so people say, okay, I can't wait for a new, or I can't afford a new, but either as a changing my primary vehicle to an EV, especially all electric is a great idea. Or if I am not sure arranging variety, I'm still not sure I've never owned an EV, taking a secondary vehicle, which is what I often recommend, you know, and, and converting that, you know, changing that out with an all electric. What are you seeing as some of the criteria that EV purchasing people should consider when they're looking at UVVs? I think it's a really important question. And I can speak from somewhat personal experience as well. I mentioned earlier that my friend who recently purchased an EV and even I myself and kind of looking over my shoulder and thinking, if I were to take the plunge and kind of join this revolution, what would be the criteria or the barriers to entry for me personally? And I think top of mind for everybody, of course, would be things like costs and rebates. So I think it's very important in whatever province or territory you reside that you want to understand what the government subsidies will be. Um, towards the price of a battery-powered car, um, what the MSRP might be, what are the criteria to qualify for these rebates, what's your budget, and things like that. And so I mentioned earlier trying to assess the trade-in value of your current car, right? Or even if you're just planning to sell that privately and not necessarily trade it in, and you're not quite sure what the value is, what the book value is, or what potential buyers might want to pay, it's always great to use something like Kijiji Autos, where you can actually just kind of casually to use the trade-in value tool or the price comparison tool to see how much your current vehicle is worth and see how that can potentially be leveraged towards the purchase of an EV. And then, of course, looking at the costs and rebates uh, that might be associated with that. Um, other things such as, you know, when you're thinking about the EV, uh, you want to think about criteria like vehicle mass, because obviously the heavier the car is, more energy it takes for it to accelerate. So when you're thinking about a compact electric vehicle versus a larger family size vehicle, um, that of course there's a there's a cost uh, factor as well, but also like what is the efficacy of the battery, of the power to move compact vehicle. If you're just driving solo versus a family, or if you're hauling something, or if you have a lot of weight that you're constantly having in the car, you know uh, what will that actually uh, uh, entail? And then I would say the other thing is the, the usage conditions. In other words, how do you imagine using the vehicle? Um, you mentioned earlier, Kenneth, when we were speaking about you know, sort of the, the length of a charge and how far it can go, especially in things like cold weather. So if you recognize that you're going to be in a pretty harsh climate, that that might have an effect on the efficacy and length of a charge uh, or a trip. Um, if you're constantly in city driving and you're stopping and starting and accelerating and decelerating, that also takes its toll on the usage of the battery. And so you really want to think about your regular usage of the car. You want to think about the cost that's involved, the rebates that are available to you, 
how much your current vehicle can be traded in. So all of these things, there are many four factors that we could list, but I would say those would be the top that I would consider most. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've echoed a lot of what I talk to uh, when I'm out there talking to people about what they should be thinking of. You know, it's not just a brand. I mean, if somebody loves a brand, great, but go down that road. But there's a lot of things to consider ergonomics, if it, you know, fit for your needs. If it's just you, then you've got a lot of selection. If it's, you, you know, yourself, uh, a spouse and two kids and a dog, then you got to think a little differently as far as vehicle size and everything. And, and certainly great points on that. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, is the bulk of your listings then, are they uh, commercial-based listing or consumer-based, or do you see a pretty good balance there? I would say there's a very healthy balance of both kind of private sellers, or private searchers, mm -hmm. and auto dealers, although we have far more auto dealers on Kijiji Autos in comparison to the Kijiji Classic. Mm -hmm. We find that private buyers at first may not be as aware of Kijiji Autos, and so they'll go to the cars and vehicles category on Kijiji.ca by default. But then, of course, as soon as they click on that, we have a natural redirection to Kijiji Autos. There's a little bit of an inline promotion just to say, oh, you're trying to sell a vehicle or you're looking for a vehicle, you might want to consider Kijiji Autos, and there's a natural link to that platform. Um, and so if you are the type of person that says, you know, I don't want to deal with a dealership, I don't like the stress and anxiety of potentially having to visit a dealer, or maybe I feel like they're trying to pitch me uh, on a certain model or price when I'm not comfortable, there's lots of options for you on Kijiji if you just want to have a private transaction. But if you do like the idea of dealing with, let's say, a, a reputable dealership or somebody who's trained and knowledgeable about the product, then you'll have lots of options for on the commercial side as well. And if we let's walk through a, a private seller scenario, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've done that before myself several years ago. Um, so uh, not on your platform, it was something different. But um, so somebody's thinking, so they, ha they have uh, an ICE vehicle, internal combustion, and good for them. They want to convert to all electric. So they're out there looking, find somebody, a private seller who's looking to sell. Um, walk me through some of that process that, you know, they can, uh, they can get, again, but because this is a dealer, they wouldn't be able to trade it in because it's a private sale. But but they would, if they were on it to sell their vehicle, you would give them some fair market value uh, valuations on their vehicle they have today. So they would know. Uh, and then what would, what happens in the next steps on that uh, transaction insert? Yeah. So whether it's on Kijiji.ca, the cars and vehicles category, or on Kijiji Autos, it really is a matter of preference at the end of the day. Uh, how customized an experience you want or how simple of a process you want. It's quite simple. So in the case of selling a vehicle, you would simply follow the steps on either platform to post your ad. When you click on sort of the big post ad right at the top there, the top right, you can click on that and it immediately will take you through the process of selecting the appropriate category, all the different attributes that you can look at from make and model to price to mileage, there's a description box, the ability to add images, et cetera. Um, really, it's, it's, it's systematic. You go through it one step at a time, ultimately until you post your ad. And then once your ad is posted, kind of sit back and wait for the replies and leads to come in. All of the conversations occur within the Kijiju ecosystem. So you never have to worry about, I have to handle this via my personal email, or now it's immediately going onto my phone. Of course, you can specify 
what your preferred contact method is. But if you're most comfortable with everything occurring on the ecosystem, everything seamless, you'll get a notification when a new reply or lead comes in and you can just proceed from there. So that's on the seller side. On the buyer side, really it is a window shopping experience. You're just going through the site, you're filtering based on your preferences, um, tons of different customization options to narrow down what you're looking for. As I mentioned, there's price comparison tools, there's online valuations. And so it's not just about ease of access to the platform, it's about giving you the tools you need to make as informed a decision as possible and take the stress and worry, especially if you're somebody like me who knows very little about cars in general, but who's had to learn by necessity over the years, um, Kijiji is something that is a place that I think will be very helpful for you. Yeah, you've hit all the bullet points. You know, I, I've used it, again, not to sell cars, but uh, lots of other stuff. Um, it's a very easy platform. I love that intra, you know, inter-platform connectivity yep. and communications. That way, if I don't want to go outside that bubble, I don't have to. And, you know, there's, there's ratings. You can check people out as well on a private seller so right. you get some feedback. Um, on the automotive side, so somebody's looking to buy tons of research. You can do comparisons. You can get fair market value on trade-ins. Yep. You guys, I guess, have, have uh, worked together. You mentioned earlier about financing. You've worked together with some financial institutions to be able to put them into the right directions if they want to have those conversations, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So um, online financing, I think, is really important because, again, when you're trying to create a seamless experience, ideally, you want everything to occur within the platform. And we also understand that everybody has a different budget. So giving you a tool that lets you find the best financing plan to suit your needs was really, really important. And so we actually have an estimate tool to calculate a payment plan based on the car that you're applying to. So it's very contingent on a lot of different factors and conditions, but whatever your search parameters, whatever results you find, there are tools that will say, okay, if you want to finance this vehicle, here's how much it will cost based on your self-professed budget. And that gives you, and it, as soon as you update that, it immediately refines the results on the page. And so immediately you're not going in and getting overexcited thinking, oh my God, this is the perfect deal for me. When you actually list your budget or you apply for financing and potentially, you know, you realize that can't qualify, these results will automatically suit your criteria so that you're not going to be let down later on. You know at the outset that this is what I can potentially qualify for. This is what fits my budget. And I'm going to pursue these leads specifically because they're the most um, realistic. Great, great. And do you provide any sort of like an ROI kind of view? So if somebody you know, doesn't really understand the benefits of an, of an all electric other than maybe zero emissions, let's say, knowing that, you know, potentially the fuel cost is going to be really the, the, the biggest yeah. savings impact that we see right away is not having to pay for gas versus, especially if you can charge at home, it's so cheap. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I go around, I, I keep saying 400 and five. Those are kind of the numbers I throw around. 400 kilometers for five bucks of charging at home. That's kind of you know a baseline, and people mind they they go they're blown. You say, "What are you smoking?" Can I said nothing today, 
but um, you know that's what it is. It's 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 super cheap, and it's going to get even cheaper in Ontario when we get those lower rates. So, do you have anything that to help um, educate uh, people that are looking at all electrics on your site in some of those uh, regards? Yeah. So obviously, when you're going through the actual flow, you don't want to inundate people with information because that just hijacks the page. It hijacks the experience. We do have info tips on the flow, but in addition to that. We have an entire help section. So there's a help section on Kijiji.ca, and there's also a help section exclusively for Kijiji Autos. And in these sections, we devote article upon article to consumer education, tips and tricks, really trying to inform people as best as possible. So just to quickly segue about charging at home, as you mentioned, Kenneth, it can be as easy as, in some cases, plugging it in. That's all you have to do. Um, you know, a lot of homes, they have a standard outlet that can suffice to charge your car, and it might be slower than other charging setups, but the benefit is that you can just leave it plugged in overnight, and you kind of walk away, and you don't have to worry about it. Um, in other cases, though, and this is what people might not realize, depending on the model of EV, uh, or if you have an older home uh, with an older electrical system, or maybe you just want a faster charge because you can't afford to wait, let's say, 8, 10, or 12 hours knowing that, well, maybe I have to upgrade my electrical system in order to support an electric vehicle. Um, you know, knowing that, well, if I have to hire an electrician because I have to install a, I think it's a 240 volt receptacle, um, which is the equivalent of having an oven or a clothes dryer, right? Uh, where the car will be parked most often. That is a consideration. And so to go back to your original question, Kenneth, it's really just about providing as much information as possible to users within our help sections and info tips so they can make the most informed choice and they don't feel like there are stones left unturned that they hadn't considered. Absolutely. Uh, and one, one question regarding that buying experience, then um, I get this asked a lot. So when people are considering, especially used EVs, um, you know, what should they be looking out for? And the first thing I, I mean, you know, other than checking it out and I mean, because mileage doesn't really matter a lot in EVs. It, it, it can, but not really, because these things are built, especially all electrics, they're built like tanks, you know, 20 moving parts. They should last a million kilometers or more. It really, I mean, everything's pretty rock solid, but the battery is where people get concerned. And I always say consumers, well, like you can get some sort of battery report from the OEM, from whoever the manufacturer of that vehicle is. Almost like, you know, we used to take an ice car and go to our Joe Garage guy to get him to look at it to see what he thinks, you know, or, or get it safety. I mean, that kind of stuff, which you still kind of have to do. So do, do you, do you have um, uh, anything in there, information about that or any guidelines around what consumers should be looking out for when they're looking at a used electric vehicle? Yes. So we do have articles that are dedicated to that explicitly. I'm trying to remember if we have anything to do with the kind of battery verification or battery knowledge. That's a very interesting point. I can definitely look into that. If we don't, that's a wonderful opportunity to create that content. So Kenneth, thank you. One other point I would mention, which we also list in our help pages, which, which to me is a big factor is it's all well and good. You know, you've done your research, you know that you're gonna purchase or finance an EV vehicle. You're willing to wait for the next available model, et cetera. Let's say you finally, have the opportunity to drive one and to own one, but now all of a sudden you have to adapt the new technology. And uh, my brother's 
father-in-law recently just bought a Tesla Model 3. And one of the things he told me was that he feels very intimidated behind the wheel of an EV for the first time because it's scary for people when they all, we all grew up with gas and internal combustion engines as our way of life. And there are also people who are reticent to adopt new technology, even something like a smartphone. And so understanding that there could be some anxieties, there could be a learning curve when you switch to an electric vehicle, um, but also recognizing that there are a lot of misconceptions and myths about the challenge or the barrier to entry out there. You know, some people will say, I, I never want to buy an EV because I could never figure it out. I could never figure out the interface, the electronics, everything else. But like anything in life, there, yes, there is a learning curve, but it doesn't have to be scary. I think it's about having an attitudinal adjustment where it's like, they're fun. The torque is a lot of fun for the EV. It's quiet when you drive it. And of course, the icing on the cake is the environmental benefits uh, long-term of driving it. And so a uh, part of, I think, making the conversion to EV ownership is recognizing that there's a little bit of a stigma still around what it means to own that type of vehicle and to drive that type of vehicle. And so on Kijiji Autos, trying to provide all of this content to ease anxieties and ease fears is very important for us beyond just the knowledge of the buying process. No, that's great because you're right. Knowledge is king and absolutely correct. You know, in your relative's example, you know, that's the farthest, you know, to a different EV you can go with the Tesla because of the minimalistic interior and the reliance on software to pretty well do all the features and functions in that vehicle. You know, there's not, there's really minimal hard touch buttons, which is what we're used to for different features and functions, pros and cons of that. So that, that really is a bit of a learning curve for somebody that's not, uh, that needs, needs to do that. But uh, one of the things I'm seeing from OEMs as they move forward is they're, they're really trying to make that EV experience easy. I always say to people like, just plug it in, wake up in the morning and go, and don't worry about it. Like, and come back, rinse and repeat, right? If that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, follow the OEM's recommendation for charging. You know, some will say charge it to 100 every night. Some will say, you know, 80 to 90, whatever. Follow that process and, and it's easy to set the car up to do that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, just go. Just don't worry about kilowatts, you know, uh, efficiency numbers and all this other stuff that some of us tech guys like to focus on. Just use your car as the uh, the appliance and, and the what, what it is for you. Get in and drive it. It'll start in the cold because there's no start. You just either push a button or press a pedal and go, put it in gear and go. So you won't have to worry. You can preheat it in your garage. There's no emissions. There's lots of benefits that you can get to to maximize that experience. So um, certainly what you, what you mentioned as far as you know, giving users that information to make those informed decisions is great because that's what it's really all about to try to help. Um, I wanted I to ask you. I wanted to ask you, so what are you seeing then from your, based on your site's information? Um, and I guess let's focus on Canada, first of all, uh, if you have something around the regional, but what are you seeing as kind of the top selling used EVs uh, currently, or at least this in, in 2022? Yeah, so the models that I cited earlier, I would say remain the top, even for both new and used. Okay. Um, however, what I would say is that uh, if we delve into the data a little bit more, that what people, because they're not always aware of, uh, let's call them models or make names, they, they, they're not necessarily aware of the terminology or the nomenclature. And so what they tend to do is that rather than a keyword, as much as keywords are popular, 
they search by filters. And I think it's really important to look at the data that supports the filters as much as it is the keywords that we mentioned earlier. So on Kijiji Autos, we have a filter called fuel type. And the fuel type in this case would be electric. So year over year comparison, if we're looking at this time of the year in 2021 to today, the number of searches for that fuel type have gone up 85%. So people even more, because it's been so salient in the news, like the idea of ownership of an EV, that's been really important. Um, and then even just using the electric car keyword. So rather than typing in a make or a model or filtering that, just typing in electric car as a filter. That has gone up again, same period, year over year, 106%. So overall, you're looking at about almost a 200% increase in the number of filters that are applied that relate to electric vehicles. And if we expand upon that even more, talking about leads on ads on Kijiji Auto. So for example, if I post an ad either as a private seller or as a dealer, then the person replies to that or they simply fill out their information or they click on my ad, that counts as what we call a business lead. So again, same time period, last year to this year, 300% increase. Wow, incredible. On the mm -hmm. number of leads on electric vehicle ads on Kijiji. So when you combine both the filter types, the keywords like electric car, the other models that we talked about, and just the number of leads that are being generated, there's no question that, you know, we never like to make conclusive statements, just sweeping broad statements. We always want to follow the data and make sort of gentle inferences from that data. But there's no question that the pendulum seems to be swinging in this direction of like, people are more interested in just learning about EVs. They, with the number of leads being generating, it's like not necessarily that leads to a purchase, but it means on a level of inquiry that there is a curiosity, people asking questions, people saying, you know, what is the availability of this model? What does your stock look like? What is the earliest I could potentially own a vehicle like this? Um, all of that, it just reinforces the growing popularity of EV ownership. And if I'm a buyer looking at a used EV, are there fees that I have to pay through Kijiji for that, that experience? If you are, sir, can you repeat that? If you're a if buyer, I'm a buyer I think it's a seller that will pay a listing fee. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So um, we always want to make sure that there's not one user or uh, our auto dealer or company that can just monopolize a category, which is why having listing fees is very important just for parity on the ecosystem. But if you're just a buyer and you're just browsing, if you're replying to ads, there's certainly no fee involved in that. Excellent. And um, last couple of questions. So uh, I there was a used EV uh, grant program that was being run by plug and drive for a while, hmm. which I think has washed up. But then I, I, I'm not sure if there is a federal, uh, I know provincially, I don't believe there's anything, but is there any federal money for consumers buying used EV today? Any yeah. So, yeah. So again, it really depends on what part of the country, um, uh, you're looking at. Uh, but I know that, you know, generally speaking, the federal government will provide up to $5,000 towards the price of battery powered cars um, that are under $55,000 MSRP. Uh, then there's the SUV pickup or van, which is, I think it's priced at 60%. So mm -hmm. there's that federal subsidy. 
in Ontario specifically, since that's where you and I are, are residing, um, I think Ontario offers up to $1,000 for qualifying vehicles. Okay. So it's not a huge amount of money, depending on where you are. However, beyond the government rebates, which are definitely enticing, and I, I really mm -hmm. wish they would increase that, um, you really have to look at the long-term cost benefits, where if you're not having to spend so much money, especially on the rising cost of gasoline and with the cost of inflation, if you're thinking about a long-term investment, five, 10 years, owning an EV will pay dividends more so than having to gas up your car, especially knowing that by 2035, you know, the Liberal government has declared that the target is by 2035 that all new combustion engine passenger vehicles will no longer be manufactured, trying to aim towards this zero emission goal by 2035. So eventually we're all going to have to make the shift. And so getting ahead of the curve also, if possible, might be a good idea for some people. Absolutely. And um, Kijiji Autos operates in what regions? So obviously Canada, US, are there other regions that you're operating in? Well, Kijiji Autos, Kijiji generally is mainly for the population of Canada. That's okay. being being mm -hmm. a website, um, there's no reason why uh, people can't access it from anywhere. It's just that you, you could technically post your ads anywhere you like but the only markets that will be available to you will be Canadian markets. Okay, so Canada. Yes. And finally, um, I guess my final question is, we know that used EV pricing, uh, I mean, EVs in general, but even the used market is, is inflated because it's capitalistic, it's a supply and demand, we get it, right? <laughs> People are demanding it, not a lot of supply, so they could take those prices up. Um, as we joked around earlier, you know, I could almost sell my car for what I paid for it two years ago. Now, if I wanted to sell it used, um, the market is that high. If a consumer is struggling with that, you know, gee, should I, should I buy new and wait a year or two, but I can get a used one, you know, in a couple of days, but I'm paying this price. Mm -hmm. What would you, what are some of the, the things that you would say to that consumer in helping them to make that used DV choice? If they That's really right. needed a car, in those are usually the circumstances. Like my lease is ending, or my car died, and I need something, and I want to make the switch. Yeah, that's a really great question, and there's a lot to unpack there from a mm -hmm. consideration standpoint. I know that one of my best friends recently purchased a used car, and it was an incredible rigmarole to go from looking for a car to finding availability to actually purchasing the car and taking it home. What I would say is I, I fully appreciate that some people have time constraints and they need a vehicle sooner than later. Maybe they have a growing family. They need that extra space. Maybe their job has changed and they have to commute longer distances. And so they need a more reliable vehicle. And so there's that impetus to find something new, find something different. But before anything else, I think it's really important to do your research. You don't want to rush into anything and make an impulse purchase that you can potentially regret later. You also don't want to overpay. A lot of uh, individuals, I would say now, knowing that there's such high competition, even for used vehicles, that the prices are, are higher now than what they might be six months from now. And obviously, you can't predict the future. We don't know if prices will have that level of variance in six months to a year. Maybe the prices will be higher. It's really hard to say. But no matter your life situation, I would say, do your research, 
take the time to ask yourself those important questions like, what type of vehicle do I truly want and truly need? What is my budget? So being mindful and planful of the ceiling financially, like what is the highest I can possibly pay? Having that level of self-discipline saying that even if I'm tempted to buy something or splurging a little bit more, maybe it's still a good idea to stay within my budget. Going on Kijiji or Google or really any other services that give you an idea of common MSRPs for that vehicle. If Don't look at just one or two ads when you're thinking about buying. Search that same make and model and look at 30, 50, 100 different ads. Try to find that average price point. And of course, we have tools that make that easier, but do your diligence. Make sure that you understand your needs and your wants, and then think about the long-term benefits or disadvantages of owning one particular vehicle. So I know it's a, it's a big question, but that would be my first instinct as a response. No, that's a great response. It is a big question. There's lots there, but you know that's extremely helpful. And hopefully uh, for listeners that are, that are tuning in, uh, even if you don't live in Canada, you know, and are and are accessing GG, I think a lot of what what Kent has given you today is just common sense and really good practical information. Wherever you live in the UK, Europe, uh, Mexico, it doesn't really matter. The, the the car buying experience is very similar. So I think there's a lot of great uh, information that you've provided for consumers when you're out thinking about about making a purchase and that switch to EV. So I thank you very much, sir. Uh, how can people again find Kijiji if they're thinking about it? Well, very simple. You can just type in kijiji.ca in your search bar or kijijiautos.ca, whichever platform you prefer. You can also just Google us. <laughs> That's also a very easy way. And uh, I would just say maybe as a final comment that, you know, if you're somebody like me who is not traditionally a car expert, you don't need to be a subject matter expert to buy a car. You don't need to do this vast amount of research, even though it's it's great to do that. But there are already tools that exist that can help you to make the most informed and prudent decision for you. But take your time and really uh, don't rush into anything that might make you uncomfortable. It's fantastic advice. Mr. Kent Sixstrom, he's the Community Relations Manager for Kijiji Autos Canada. I thank you very much for your time. It's been a great conversation. We could have carried this on another hour. I know that easily. Uh, so we'll have to reach out and chat later and get more information uh, and maybe check back with you in a year or so to see how the market has, if it has changed at all, you know, what, are, what have been some of the challenges and changes over, over the, uh, the buying experience since then, if there is anything. So it's think, a date. Let's yeah, make it for happen. sure. <laughs> and we're local, so it's easy for us to hook up on time. So exactly. Again, thank you very much for your time and great information. And I hope everybody that's listening to the show enjoyed that. But thanks again, Ken. Thank you, Kenna. Thanks again for listening, folks. You can email me if you have comments. Email at evrevolutionshow at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at evrevshow. I'm also on Instagram, evrevolutionshow. And if you uh, have any suggestions for shows, please let me know. Thanks again for listening, and please, everybody stay safe. And until the next time, I'll see you when I see you. This episode of the EV Revolution Show is sponsored by File Sanctuary. Need a great web host for your business? Need to get email at yourdomain.com? They provide professional, feature-rich web and email hosting for any project you have in mind. Get started today at filesanctuary.net forward slash cloud and save 10% with promo code 
EV Rev Show. Mm-hmm.